This is Michael, you're listening to Models of Masters, and I'm so grateful you're here. I'm breaking down personal stories, learned wisdom, and pieces of insight I hope can help you along your journey. Head over to my website, michaelbecker.org, for much more. And with that, let's get right into the show. Today I'm joined by Ben Higgins. Uh, you might know him from a TV series called The Bachelor, but you know it's been a few years uh, since all of that hype, and there are so many dimensions to this guy. And I'm really grateful to uh, get the chance to dig into some of those a little bit more today. So Ben, thank you so much for joining me, man. Hey, thank you for having me. My first question, you know, like I said, it's been several years since. Since all of the the action around the show, uh, I'm curious, as you've kind of evolved the last several years and entered this new chapter of life, mm-hmm. how has your approach to relationship changed? And what's your perspective now looking back on what you learned about yourself as a result of the series? Yeah, well, I learned a lot. I mean, it was a, it was a big tipping point in my life. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting when reality television kind of marks a changing um, or a pivot uh, in anyone's life, but it definitely did for me. And so, you know, I think I went into the show uh, wanting to create a better story for my life. I wanted to do something interesting. I wanted to do something that people could, um, that if I sat down at a dinner table with friends that like we had something to talk about, uh, I wasn't really feeling like I was doing much going into it. Um, I don't think reality television was necessarily the best way to heal that desire for legacy and the desire for story, but it definitely added to it. And so, I think I came out of it uh, a lot more confident in myself. Uh, You know, I did something hard or I did something different. Yeah. And it wasn't something I was comfortable with. And yet I did it. And I think that's something I'm really proud of. Uh, I think when it comes to relationships, though, there's an interesting moment for me where I was standing on a stage at a church that I'd been to many times and I was speaking. And all of a sudden it hit me that the reason I was on that stage is because I was also on reality television. And, but the things I was expressing and the things I was saying were things I had said and when expressed way before reality television. And so it just hit me that everybody has a story worth telling. Uh, some people don't get the platform handed to them to do that. And that's really my view of relationships now is everybody has a story worth telling and uh, a story worth listening to and a story worth trying to understand. Um, maybe you want to agree with that, you know, their, that where that story has taken them in their, views on life, but at least they have a story and those stories connect us. And so that's, you know, maybe the biggest thing. Yeah. And also like, it's so interesting how life unfolds, you know, often we think we're headed down a certain path that we prepare for, you know, we, we study in school to do Mm -hmm. something that we think we'll do forever. And sometimes life just throws us these curveballs. Did you ever in your wildest dreams, imagine that you would, you would have this platform coming off of this, this program in the way that you did? No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, the interesting time when I was on TV was Instagram was just really kind of blowing up. Right. And so it wasn't like a, a thought, oh, we're going to go on this TV and then we're going to become like famous or we're going to get a platform. It was really the the pursuit of just the experience and seeing where the experience brought you. Yeah. Now, that quickly changed. Right. There was uh, elements to social media that increased kind of what what you could do with uh, kind of what you're given from the show, but it never was, never was a thought until post show when all of a sudden you open up your phone, you're like, goodness gracious, 
uh, I there there's something here. Like there's some like I, I have to hold this responsibly. Yeah, man, it's, it's it's almost like I'm having visions of you know a famous athlete coming coming off of a great game where they just drop 50 points and, you know, they're looking at their phone and there's just endless notifications. That's when that stuff really started to pop. You're right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, at least they have a talent, a skill set they've worked uh, hard to accomplish so that they're in that position. When you're on reality television, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, you yeah. don't, there's no practice, there's no prep, there's no expectation. One day you get a phone call, the next day you're on TV, and then the next day you have a following. So, you know, it, it's a very, it's a weird thing to to one be proud of because you haven't put any work in work in. And so then it's the question is, what do I do with this? Like, what do mm -hmm. I do with something that I I've had, I had no plan for or no prep for. What have you learned in marriage that you didn't know before it? Has it shown you or taught you anything about love that you found novel? Ooh. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot, you know, I've been married since November of 2021 and I have an incredible wife. Uh, she is truly my best friend. She is just a great partner. She's a ton of fun. She also lets me be me and lets me do the things that make me me. And we just, we have a great, uh, I, I guess I, she would have to ask her, I have a great marriage because I'm married to her. Um, you know, I think the thing that is, it kind of evolved over the years, but love uh, in a romantic sense, in a lot of ways, it is a commitment and it is a decision. Uh, now, for me, my, as I was saying, my wife makes that decision very easy and very exciting for me that I get to love her. But it, you know, the euphoric like butterflies, I can't, you know, swept off my feet every day that goes away. And so, you know, yeah. I think the thing that I'm learning is what's left and what's left is that partnership is that commitment is having somebody dig into your best and worst sides of you and uh, maybe at first for me, that threw me off, you know, you, you're kind of used to the high school feelings of love where, yeah, it is euphoric and yeah, you can't think of anything else and your world's rocked up, you know, every time you see them in the hallway. And so when that isn't an element, you know, it's kind of surprising, but I think it's a lot more beautiful and a lot more steadfast. And so uh, the cool part for me now is the, is the, the ability to get to know my wife better and also the, the beautiful challenge of being able to love her every day. Right. And you, you alluded to that, that high school love. Um, I want to take it back for a second. So we were just chatting, you know, we both spent a good portion of our lives in Indiana. I know for yeah. me, some, some of my best memories of my twenties were spent in Indianapolis, you know, whether at work, hanging out with friends, going to school. Um, when you think back to your time in the yeah. state, pre bachelorette before the spotlight, what sticks out or what do you feel like those years at or after IU meant for you? Well, I mean, I think Indiana has a unique way of making uh, contentment very attractive. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's true because there's just not a lot to do all the time. There's some really cool things and there's some great places. But, it, there, you know, the activities in Indiana are not like the activities where I live now in Colorado. There is not always something going on. And so you have you become very happily content, hopefully. And that those lessons have followed me today. Like if somebody asked me, you know, what season of life I'm in, I'd say I'm happily content, meaning I'm not like reaching for the next thing. I'm not reaching for the next experience. I don't feel like I need to prove myself or run faster than the person next to me because, you know, I want to I want to slow it down and I want to enjoy this ride. Um, that's one thing. And I think the other part is with Indiana is there's there's just a lot of wisdom there and there's a lot of thought and there's a lot of a lot of really kind people who want what's best 
even if you might not agree, at least they have like some some reasons for backing it up. And I think that's something I, I enjoy. There's a lot of thought from the people in that state. And, you know, just with the roots of Indiana, it is it's a, it's a farming state and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a manufacturing state. And there's just a lot of people that work really freaking hard all the time. And so that's an element that I've learned is, you know, one, uh, to work hard and two, to be grateful when that work is in front of me. I think those are some of the big lessons. Yeah, I, I I agree completely. I think everybody everybody should spend some time either living or hanging out in small town America, oh, at, yeah. least, at least for some some part or pocket of life. There's there's just so so much to be gleaned. So how has your purpose shifted over the past decade? Well, I think you know when you are given a platform, you have to ask, what am I going to do with this? And yeah. if you know. The, the one option is, you know, you use it to enhance your relevancy and to enhance your brand and then enhance who you are. And that has elements of being really healthy and good. But if that's your sole pursuit, it's going to get exhausting. It's not fulfilling and it's going to run out. Uh, you cannot stay relevant forever. And so then the other side is that what can you do with this platform for others? Then? Because if you're not going to do it for yourself, what you can do for others. And I think for me, that's where I found the most joy is trying to figure out ways to enhance the message and the story of other people who maybe don't have the a million followers. Right. Um, that's what I do for my job now. That's what I do, you know, in my volunteerships. Like these are things that I do and and enjoy because it's also selfishly created better stories in my life and also selfishly brought me more fulfillment uh, than the opposite. And so for me, uh, there's the element of, I think it's the right thing to do. And I think it's the healthy thing to do. And I think it's the thing I'm called to do. But then the backside of that is it's just the thing that's brought me the most joy. And so I don't want to stop it. I wanted to ask you about celebrity or fame. Mm -hmm. And I guess in particular, kind of how being in the spotlight and in your case, the star of one of the most viewed TV shows in our country, certainly at that time. And I'm sure it's, it's still up there. Um, Like how's that impacted you, especially after it was all, all said and done, like how's the person, who came out of that world different than the guy who went into it? In a lot of ways, I, I do think there's a little more confidence uh, in just who I am and, mm-hmm. and what I can do. Uh, I think there is the ca- a little bit of a, a hard heart because of the criticism, because of the people taking you know a pound of flesh and trying to do it, maybe not even knowing they're trying to do it. Uh, I think I'm, I'm a little hardened to that. And so that's a thing I'm, I'm working on. Um, and I think it's just uh, when, when you're in a, in a position where you have a, a platform, I think you're asked to, and you're also involved in a bunch of really difficult, complex situations. And so for me, the thing that I've, I've started to pick up on a, a lot of the nuance to all, all of it, uh, there's a lot of stuff uh, behind the scenes. If it's uh, yeah. when it comes to, you know, faith traditions or politics or our society and culture to when it comes to relationships, there's just a lot of nuance. And so listening to the nuance and the reason I'm doing that is because when I was on the show there, I met, you know, 30 amazing people who came to date and I got to hear all their stories. And it, it really opened my eyes up to, um, to black, you know, open my eyes up and it, and it destroyed the assumptions that I had going into it. Part of those assumptions came from growing up in small town America. You're not surrounded by a bunch of people from all over the world with crazy stories all the time. And so when you hear those crazy stories, you start to understand that, hey, not everybody has the same story and not everybody's gonna agree with everything you agree, like that you think is right. And so looking for the nuance, looking for the connection points. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. 
and coming back to, to the platform that you have, that you've created, I've always admired just the, the positivity and I'm sure you get this, you get this so much, but like you, you really are such, such a, just a quality person and spreading that light and spreading that positivity is huge, man. Um, I know you're working on generous coffee, mm -hmm. uh, your, your company, what is the vision for, for that? Or I guess the, the other projects and businesses that are important to you, what, what are you excited about going forward? Well, generous is my main focus. And so, uh, right now, you know, there was a season of life where I was starting new, new things all the time. I was working on getting stuff up and off the ground and, seeing how it would work. And so generous is my main responsibility. And it is the thing uh, last year I said, I'm going to commit to uh, fully for three years without starting anything else. Um, I felt like I needed it. I felt like I wanted it and I want to see it thrive. And so I needed to give it the attention it deserves. So the idea of generous is that we're a for-profit business that donates hundred percent of our profits. And so I don't make any money on it. Our CEO doesn't make any money on it. Um, we donate, uh, our profits to nonprofits that are fighting human facing injustice. We do that through selling coffee. Uh, why coffee? It's a really hard industry to sell, uh, you know, really hard uh, product to sell. Well, because we thought we wa we wanted a product that brought people together and that told that they could tell their own stories with this product. And so coffee kind of fit into the mold. The question comes, what do I see with it? Uh, you know, my dream is that it becomes a massive bohemoth of a company that is donating so much money uh every year and that becomes an issue in itself is that we can't figure out how to give get rid of all the money that we're bringing in because there's just so much coming in uh that's the dream of it that's what we set out to do we want to make a difference we want to bring in people into this story uh and we want to create a company that other people can look at and say hey generous did this now we might have to not have to give 100 percent of our profits but we can give a bit a, a portion we can do something with this with this success mm -hmm. So we want to be that model that people look at and say, hey, this is good. This is healthy. Um, they're doing something right. Yeah, almost almost drawing drawing a comparison to to the work that Blake Mikoski did with Tom's and just having that cause that cause related component, I think is becoming even more important as as the world starts to turn and the market starts to, you know, clamor for for companies that do good in the world. I think uh, I think it's going to become, you know, if you want to get on the front end of where business is going. I do believe that for purpose efforts mm -hmm. to care for something in our world, if it's the environment, if it's animals, if it's people, it's going to become a very normal thing for companies to do. Yes. You know, we, we want to be a part of that story. And then lastly, you know, the show is called models of masters. So yeah. what is one model and it could be mental business, relational productivity that you have employed lately that you think has contributed largely to where you're at now. Well, yeah, I mean, and I'm glad you said where I'm at now, because if you would have su said success, I would have corrected it and said, it's not always that way, right? Not every day is successful. Not every business I started has been successful. Not everything I put my hand into has been successful. In fact, you weighed it out, it's probably weighed the opposite direction at this point. Um, and which brings me to the practice is contemplation, uh, meditation and contemplation. Uh, I call it prayer. Uh, that's because of my faith tradition. That's because of uh, what it's about for me. But when I contemplate, I let my feelings and emotions not be the driver. They're a really good passenger. Um, and but I let them come up. I let them have a seat in the front seat and I like to listen to them and hear them. You know, am I feeling down today? Am I feeling beat up? Am I feeling tired? Am I feeling really great? Am I feeling like, hey, everything's working? 
whatever that is, I want to identify those. And then I want to process through those. Like, what, you know, why am I feeling that way? What, what's mm-hmm. happened in my life that's made me sit in this point and, and feel like this? And I, in contemplation has been really big for me also to speak truth over myself. If I do feel like I'm getting beat up and I do feel like, hey, I can't do anything right. Well, I can sit down and contemplate and start to pour some like truth over me. Uh, on who I believe, you know, I am and who I believe, how I believe God sees me and how I believe my friends see me, my wife sees me and, and hopefully come out of that in a place of encouragement. I, I used to call it, let my mind go because I used to, in my twenties, you know, twenties are wild, right? You're out all the time. You're out with friends. You're always running around. There's always somebody stopping in your house. I was, I had, a, I had a house, I was living alone. So everybody was always over. I would uh, pick certain nights. I would turn off all the lights in my house. I'd light a candle. Uh, I played the same playlist and I would just let my mind go like what's on my heart what's on my mind I do still do that to the day to this day and it's uh it's really healthy for me so like journaling I assume is part of that meditation contemplation yeah all all, all of those forms of expression and reflection yeah I mean you know the I came up with a book two years ago it's called alone yep. plain sight and it started as my journal so it's a, it's a journal that came from this so like when I forgot hey I was feeling this way in college I could pull back that and be like, oh, yeah, I wrote that. I, I don't like journal a full page. I don't set. I just jot notes. You know, what am I thinking? What am I feeling about myself? And that became the book. I love it. Amazing. Well, Ben, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate your time, man. Of course. We'll include your links in the description. Everybody knows where they can find you. Hey, from one Hoosier to another, thanks for having me. You got it, brother. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My book, Content Capitalist, is on sale now. Grab your copy by visiting my website or tapping the link in the episode description. I also just released the online learning portal, which expands on what I share in the book. This includes four hours of edited, captioned video tutorials and trainings, plus dozens of downloadables and templates. Between the book and the e-academy, you're going to be equipped to literally blow your revenue targets out of the water and eviscerate your competition this year, all by putting content at the core. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, comment, and share all the things. And hit me up on LinkedIn if you'd like to connect. I am here to serve you. And that's it. I will see you in the next episode.